0: Find Your Feet, with the Find Your Feet podcast. Morning everyone, and I'm going to say morning because it is morning as I'm doing this now with the carol and birds singing outside and the kookaburras going absolutely bananas. So apologies if there's a lot of background noise. My husband and I have been blessed to move to a small house which is pretty much off the grid. We've got solar panels, a composting toilet, and a plethora of wildlife jumping around outside. And we're soon hoping to be actually adopting some wildlife that is uh, coming from the areas that have been really heavily affected by the Tasmanian bushfires just recently. So I'm pretty excited. I feel like life is coming to a slow place of normality and I'm getting my feet on the ground. And so my head feels free and open to deliver these conversations to you. Hopefully they're conversations with people that you find inspiring. People that you could reach out to. I really encourage that. Um, because I feel like these people have so much knowledge and so much heart and warmth and strength that we can learn from as we're all on the pathway to finding our feet. I certainly know that I still am. So today's conversation is, well I need to say it, with one of our Find Your Feet retail staff members, Kate. I actually uh, met Kate back in my very first job at Paddy Pallon Outdoor Store when I was about 16 years old. Kate came my memory of Kate was of her being a super elite rock climber and Kate actually went on to win bouldering and league climbing national competitions in Australia before realizing that her heart was outside exploring amazing places with amazing friends and going on fun adventures. But Kate isn't just an outdoor chick. She is also a whiz brain and someone who lives her life with so much zazz. She has an environmental citizenship honours, first class honours project and a Bachelor of Arts with the University of Tasmania and went on to become a primary school teacher. Now married, now with three children under the age of three and a half, Kate is living with her husband Anders and leading an adventurous exploring life. She to me is the epitome of someone who is being wilder and playing wilder. And really when you meet Kate you realise that she is able and very capable of performing wilder too. So I wanted to have this conversation because for Kate life hasn't been a straight line. It was actually in October 2012 Uh, When life felt like it was coming to normality, they'd bought a house, they were very grown up, they were married, when she suddenly started to get some very painful headaches. And she put these down at the time to, well, is it stress? But in December 2012, while on a bushwalk, and bushwalking, as Kate says, is where her heart lies and where she comes to earth, she started to fall over, tripping and losing her balance. And in January, 2013, a brain MRI showed that she had a very, very rare form of tumor, one called Rosetta forming glionumeral, sorry, glioneuronal tumor of the fourth ventricle. See, I can't even say it, it's so rare. In fact, only 30 people in the world had been diagnosed with this tumor. The tumor was resected three days later, and then the journey of recovery began. She had to learn to adjust to double vision, a palsy on the left side of her face and something that's lingered on a little, balance difficulties, relearning how to walk, tiredness, pain, steroid medication, and hearing sensitivity. She had to learn to rely on the people around her. And as she came through it, she realized that above all, love wins. That the most important thing to her was to love and to be loved in return. And that is when the most extraordinary journey started. See, if that was in January, 2013, and we're now only in February, 2019, six years later, Kate has three children under the age of three and a half and a plethora, a resume full of adventures, adventures from bushwalks with their seven month year old children to living in a van in 2018 touring around Australia with three children under the age of three. So this conversation is about recovery. It's about resilience. It's about dealing with adversity and going forward to, I guess, perform as a mother. It's about beating down the skeptics who say, you can't do that with your kids. And it's about finding a life and living a life that is meaningful to her. So I feel like there's a huge amount in this, I'm excited to deliver it. But before we do, again, a quick note around Find Your Feet. Find Your Feet to me is the sponsor of this podcast. I'm the founder and it began as adult running classes back in 2009. But 10 years on, we now have a tour business, we have educational resources for everyone out there wanting to play and perform wilder. So we've got training plans, podcasts, blogs, you name it, it's there. We also have a retail store and all of these arms work together to help you to find your feet, to help you to go on that journey of being wilder, playing wilder and performing wilder. So if you need any apparel or equipment for all your outdoor needs and your your adventures coming up, please jump over to findyourfeet.com.au because our team would love to help you. We have free express shipping around the country and... That is for any orders over $100 and all the first orders get 20% off with ongoing orders a 10% discount as being a member with us. We also have been preparing our 2020 trail running tours and we also now have Find Your Feet expeditions which are hiking trips to some pretty outstanding destinations including Everest Base Camp, Stock Kangri in Northern India and also Mount Kinabalu in Borneo. So if your running toes are tingling or you would love to come on an expedition with us, we would love to have you jump over to findyourfeettours.com.au. And if you want a bit more help and some resources, maybe some training plans, a performance consult, or you'd like to tap me on the shoulder and um, ask for a keynote, please jump over to my website, www.hannyalston.com.au. Alrighty, enough from me. I can't wait to deliver this conversation with Kate. I think you're going to find her absolutely extraordinary. So here we go. For me, like some people I, you know, have had on the podcast, I've really wanted to know like what what do they know about certain topics. Whereas mm-hmm. for me, like why I asked you, I read your writing and mm. I loved it. I love the way you write, <laughs> and it shows the way you think. So you're trying to edit it down. <laughs> that's fine. And it's it's like a huge learning experience writing mm. and writing about experiences and emotions and. Um, you were writing a lot about taking your children bushwalking
1: mm-hmm. and all the yeah. challenges
0: that come with that. Yeah, And so for anyone who's just started to listen, but you've got
1: three children under the age of three and a half. Is that correct? Um, well, the third one did arrive when the eldest was three and a half, but okay. um, they're now, um, the eldest is four and a half now. Um, but yeah, so it's been busy, but life has been full yeah, in a good way. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: I want to, I really want to share your story if you don't mind. <laughs> you can <laughs> <love> stop <it. laughs> wherever you want to as I ask questions. Um, but I guess like maybe let's start with, with the kids and with the bushwalking. Cause I, I think it's extraordinary what, what you're doing, but like, why did you feel the need to write down a little bit about your bushwalking with the children? Like what was it that motivated you to put pen to paper?
1: Well, it was such a transformative experience going on the walk. Um, I think it was bigger than the actual physical being there and doing it. And when I returned, I thought, something needs to happen with this story. And my husband suggested, well, maybe you should just write something. And so I sat there for a while and in the evenings tinkered around and um, yeah, and, I, and I'd always love writing. So I thought I'll give this a shot. And then it turned into how to bushwalk with the baby blah 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 you know you need to pack this and it can be difficult and and then you know what nappies and then I thought hang on I think what's really important is this is actually the journey that we've been on and so turned into more me thinking about the whole journey that we'd gone through to get to that bushwalk and get to that stage um yeah I think for me it just helped me to come to terms with all the things that happened to me in my life and feel good about where I was and where we're at. Yeah, and so that's, I'm hoping I can do more writing yeah. at some point with it. because yeah.
0: you reached out and you were like, oh, would you mind like having a read of this? And I was just like, I felt so honored. Um, and then I said to you, I like, I think there's more in this than just what you've written. Like, what are you, what are you feeling now that time's passed? And I know you've got an article coming out, hopefully in a women's publication.
1: Yeah, it's crossed. <laughs> that makes
0: it sound like the Women's Weekly. It's not the Women's
1: Weekly. <laughs> <laughs> it's Travel Play Live. <laughs> yeah, Women's Adventure Magazine. It sounds like it's not going to be real if it's <laughs> one of those things. Yeah, um, yeah. I think it's opened up something inside of me. Writing for me is is yeah is is a way of thinking about the world and things that are happening. And I'm hoping that I'm trying to get my own blog. Off the ground, amazing. Um, yeah. So it's taken me, yeah, some support from people like yourself, honey, and <laughs> family and friends to say, yeah, I'd read your stuff and, and do it, um, just to take that little step. So I'm starting to think about how to do that, and maybe a little bit about maybe someone else in the same in similar shoes might want to read a little bit and go, oh, that's me, and it might give them the confidence to, oh, I can do it, or or just to think about what they're going through. So maybe that's where the angle that it's coming to now, yeah.
0: Have you ever listened to Alan Watts? Have you ever YouTubed him or listened to I any of his audio? No. Okay, so homework. Okay. <laughs> um, but he, I love I love Alan Watts. So he's like a modern day philosopher basically. Mm-hmm. And he talks about how important it is for us to pursue what we're meant to pursue. And he basically says that that is about learning to love what you love. And <laughs> he basically also says that no matter how crazy what you love is or what you um, think is really important to you, there will always be someone else out there who also loves that. Mm -hmm. So um, it can be, you know, like I love collecting rocks. And if that's what you love, then that is what you should be doing because there are other people out there who will also love collecting rocks and you will come together. And I really (laughs) love that because, you know, Yes, not every not everyone on the or parent on the planet would want to go trekking into
1: Frenchman's cat, which is what we're talking about, with a seven seven year old. I mean, seven month year old. Oh yeah. Well, he was he was five months old when we went. Five yeah. months old. Yeah. Yeah. No, not everyone would would um, think of that as a uh, as a pleasurable activity. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and yet, there will be people out there who are avidly wanting to do mm. that, and would just be so grateful for that support. So, so like maybe we can break it down. Like what was the experience like? So
1: talk talk (laughs) me through it. (laughs) Okay. Well, I think it started off. We were really busy with lots of children and my husband and I, we, we kind of met bushwalking. You know, we spent more time in a tent at the start of our relationship (laughs) than we did in a house. (laughs) And, you know, like a lot of people who like the outdoors, we just did lots of stuff together. And then with the busyness of life, and young children, it's much harder to do those things together. You can often escape on your own, but getting time together, doing those adventurous things, that just makes everything tick. That makes you feel good. Was hard, and and my husband was like, you know, I'm the planner and the thinker. He's <laughs> the spontaneous. So he was like, let's walk into Frenchman's Cap, and I was with Arthur, baby Arthur, and I was like. Oh, okay all right um and then I thought about it a bit and then I was like oh no I'm not talking about that and then we yeah then we went well what the heck let's just try what's yeah. the worst that can happen yeah. you know um we get the plan was if we get two hours in and it starts pouring with rain and Arthur is screaming and it's all too much we'll just turn around and come home so that was always the plan or we'll just pitch the tent um so off we went and like all adventures it just sort of unfolded and we did miraculously get almost all the way to the top, and we had such a wonderful time. I think we came back feeling so much happier than we ever imagined we would. I think just actually having the confidence to do it. Yeah. Um, and I think people might have thought we were a little bit crazy, but like you said, it was something that we loved doing, and maybe it wouldn't float every party's boat, but um, but it was it was really important for us to do. So do you,
0: was the the sensation of happiness, was that coming from a realisation that you could have somewhat of your old life back, like it was almost like a, a release, like a freedom, or was it just an excitement about like, the yeah, just finding something new and the possibilities for the future or was it a bit of
1: both? A little bit of both, but I think more initially more the former, more that we are still the same people and here we are doing the same stuff here we are sleeping in the tent there is a five-month-old baby sleeping between (laughs) us (laughs) but we're still still anders and kate we're still doing the same thing um yeah we're maybe not as fit (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah we still felt the same and i think that's going through that journey of having children there is that, that realization like oh you know this is wonderful with children but am I missing out on all that stuff that we used to do before yeah. will we ever do that again and there's obviously joys in new possibilities of like family holidays and you do different things and you get joys from different things with your children but suddenly we could do what we really loved it is possible um and we just had to have a little bit of courage and um yeah and just I guess it's the courage to try because if you just you know what's the worst that can happen you don't yeah. make it but you know we were we felt confident enough that nothing really terrible was going to happen yeah i guess there's always the chance that you might twist your ankle and have to get helicoptered out
0: (laughs) but that can happen that can happen to anybody it can happen Um, to anyone
1: yeah and i think um i had uh you know five years earlier i had um a brain tumor Mm. uh which was diagnosed all out uh, suddenly under the blue and that was um a really big thing in our lives and then we sort of got through that and then we're really really blessed to be able to have children we had children and so we hadn't done anything like that for so long and the it didn't seem like a possible thing in some ways so to finally do something adventurous together like we used to was just like a coming home like kind of we're still the same people um, yeah yeah
0: so. and i really i want to tell your story more in in a moment but um I, I just love this conversation so i just want to hold with it a little longer i get from what you i mean i know yourself and anders we used to work together like eons ago <laughs> <laughs> my first ever job um <laughs> back at Patty Palin, back in the day. All the good crew. <laughs> yeah. So many of the crew are now back with us, which is so hilarious. So it's like all come back together it's again. Nice. But um but and I know Anders and I get I mean, I feel this connection to you both because your relationship is based on playfulness and you were saying in your little like intro to me that you guys were friends for like years before you were a couple <laughs> so i'm guessing that this experience to frenchman's cap was also giving like i guess you're saying that but giving you back your relationship to some degree
1: as well is mm-hmm. that correct yeah i think so because yeah like i said you know that that doing those things together and being in a tent not of tent, but you know being outdoors together was sort of the beginnings of our friendship and then turned blossomed into a relationship was something we'd sort of always done and so then yeah throwing me having the brain tumor and being really unwell and then um work and then children um yeah this was giving us something back that was really important to our relationship and I don't think we realized that until we went on this walk together how important it was for us um because that was one of the big things that I realized when I was sick that I you know when everything was stripped away when you know, I couldn't walk and I couldn't see, and no one could tell me what was going to happen to me, and um, my independence had gone. I think all that was left was love, which, you know, like probably, I'm sure I probably should have realised that. But, you know, no matter what I looked like or what I could do, you know, Anders loved me, my mother and father loved me, my friends loved me, mm. my family loved me, and I could still love them. So I think that was the biggest thing that I learned. And so, the walk was kind of a bit like sort of, you know, keeping that love going with Andes and I. You know, we I guess we also love being outdoors, but um, yeah, that was the biggest thing I learned from that journey. And so I think that trying to find a time to do those things that sort of filled our love for each other was really important. Mm.
0: Yeah. I totally hear that. I totally, like, I can't begin to imagine the, the journey that you've had, but I do really connect with that connection with needing to be outside with people that you love Mm. and also needing to be outside for yourself and that you read wrote that being on the mountain was a place where you found like a lot of solace and solitude Mm. Mm. um and I feel like the amazing thing that when we're outside is that you realize you go to these places and you feel like time hasn't time hasn't changed anything Mm. Mm. yeah so had you been to Frenchman's
1: Cap? you've been to Frenchman's camp before? Well, I actually hadn't. Okay. I always dreamed of going. So, which was one of the reasons why we, we thought, let's yeah. go. Cause it, I had never been there, but Anders had a few times before. Um, so that also helped me have a little bit of confidence that we knew we could get there. Cause he actually could <laughs> <laughs> remember the trip or that was probably in different circumstances. But um, yeah, but the mountain, I mean, when I was, when I was unwell, um, you know, we found out that this thing in my head going to have a, whatever it is chopped out in two days time you know suddenly life just stopped what do you do with yourself mm. what do you do when life might end in two days mm. and we didn't even have to tell each other what to do we just packed our stuff up and drove up to the mountain and we walked out to the lost world and okay. sat out there with a cup of tea and just i think we took our sleeping bags we didn't sleep up there but you know i think we both we both just knew that's where we kind yeah. of needed to go and so all through that time um, yeah those sorts of places have sort of drawn us I guess we we our friendship started sort of rock climbing on the mountain so maybe that sort of was a nice place to go and yeah um, think about things but it's
0: kind yeah. of like when you go through those really challenging times you do need a rock and i don't mean literally um although there is a bit of a pun <laughs> in there because <laughs> Mount yeah. wellington is very rocky yeah. um and you you found yourself in the lost world which is just this beautiful enclave of rocks mm, it's mm. like it feels like it just wants to cuddle you almost as a place but um but you do need a place where you can come back to to earth and to be stable and mm. i guess that's probably what you found up there like after you heard the news cuz mm. this is like for people who are listening i mean to put put it all together so I think I tried to work it out but I think we met in about 2005.
1: hmm So yes. it was
0: about when I started working at Paddy's and we
1: would have been at university maybe at that time. Yes so I was
0: yes. just yeah just first year uni, yeah. um, first year med school. And how old are you now? So we're we're a similar age, thirty three. Yeah. So it's yeah, same so. age. Yeah. Okay. And so this event, like the brain tumor that you're talking about, you first I think you said you experienced symptoms in the very end of two thousand twelve, so December two thousand twelve, yeah, yeah. and then um, a diagnosis via MRI in January
1: twenty thirteen. Mm-hmm. So this yeah. is
0: like not very long ago.
1: No, it's not that long ago. But um, but. Yeah, no, not that long ago, but enough time that I've had, you know, I think the the bushwalk was, the bushwalk was the first time that I could really just, because of all the business and things that had happened, but uh, that I could really just take stock and go, hey, I'm still me, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm still out here with Anders doing what we did all those years ago, and um, there might be a baby, we might not be (laughs) able, I might be wobbling off the track, you know, with this we're still us and that was a really momentous kind of feeling to have yeah um yeah and look I've been I look it's hard to know what to think about it because there are so many other people that are diagnosed with brain tumours or mm. um, brain cancer or various things and they don't you know they're not here anymore mm. um or uh you know they don't don't recover and aren't able to go walking you know so i feel i feel you know really lucky that that the stars aligned somehow and here i am able to do you know if someone looked at me they wouldn't be able to tell no way not that no. that is what matters in life but um yeah i have been really lucky yeah um, and maybe that's made me think, maybe there's a reason for that maybe I can you know help other people or share my story and it might give someone else even just a little glimmer of hope or a little something yeah
0: and obviously that's a choice that only you can make but (laughs) I think I think you have such a story to tell and it's not just the story it's not like you have to just have this huge event happen to you and and it, tell that Hollywood story. But I feel that it's just the attitude in which you've come out the other side of it that, to me, is so extraordinary. And, I mean, it wasn't like it happened to you when you're in this peak of your maturity and you're in your 40s and you've you've understood a lot more about life. Because yeah. I'm working out of life still seems to unfold and there's so much we're still learning. But yeah. you are 27. I mean, that's yeah. not exactly... Well, I, uh, no, I think we think we're mature at
1: 27, but looking back at it, no, I don't think we are. <laughs> no. And look, I think at that age, I hadn't, you know, a you, you know, grandparent or a friend, or, you know, suffered from cancer or, but you know, I hadn't at that stage had anyone really close to me mm. um, been unwell with cancer and passed away um, or a tumour of any sort. It was so foreign to me and... I didn't really know at all how to deal with it. And luckily for me, I didn't really have any time to actually to, to think about it. It just happened, um, which maybe was maybe was good. Mm. <laughs> maybe it would have sent me a bit crazy. But I think, yeah, I really had to dig deep and um, and try and find a way, you know, rather than just getting a box of chocolates and sitting on the couch and giving up, which at times I did do that. <laughs> there was a few nights where I was like, but um, but just to find things that that is worth living for, mm. you know, because I thought it was because I was fit and I could, you know, do things with my body yeah. or it was the way I looked or it was my brain or my relationship. And then all of a sudden, you know, when all of those things, life is not possible in the way you thought it was. You're like, well, what am I supposed to do now, you know, if I can't be the way I was before? Yeah. Um, so yeah there was and I still think I've got a lot to learn and I try and stop myself now um and try and remember the things that I learned what's important in life because it's easy to get carried away getting worried or isn't spending it? time thinking about things that aren't really that important yeah um
0: isn't that yeah. true because I mean yesterday I'm not wanting to take away from your story but I, I guess like whenever I listen to stories I'm always trying to understand them by putting them into a language or a place that I can wrap my head around it but I so bear with me but I was um I was consulting yesterday with two beautiful athletes um and by athletes I mean people that have a dream and are striving towards it one is probably towards the pointy end of the field and one probably towards the other end of the field and um they're both training for 100k and they both randomly wanted to have a catch-up And we're at the exact same point where the heads were starting to just unwind a little on them. You know, they were getting so nervous, this skull was so meaty, it was this challenge and I could just hear this panic setting in and they were getting so bogged down in things that if they'd heard themselves would probably would make them giggle now, but these things coming out of their mouths were like so real for them. And as we were like going through this conversation, I just found myself saying, because this is the experience speaking, <laughs> that time always keeps happening. And that's why I love that out the, the wilderness and the outdoors and what I asked before about, you know, had you been to Frenchman's Cap and seen seen that place? Because when you go back again, you realize like, The morning still comes (laughs) and the next day still comes nothing changes and when we're so bogged down in the little itty gritties of life sometimes you forget that and you Mm. feel like the world's imploding on you Mm. and then yeah you wake up the next morning you're like what was all that about yesterday (laughs) yeah
1: yeah Yeah, that's very true yeah
0: but I guess for you in the moment of being diagnosed with your brain tumor and three days later being in surgery I mean you didn't have that certainty so i'm kind of curious to know like um has that experience like i guess changed the way it might have changed the way you approach life but is it has it opened up like a spiritual element for you or um a willingness or want to play harder now that you can again or you know what like what's changed
1: i think yeah i think not so much spiritual i think i you know i think i i'm not a deeply religious person i think you know i i I turn to sort of love and those sorts of things and then i um now i think it's more just making sure we make time for the things that make us feel good that we love because you i mean like anyone you just never know what is coming but having that experience made me think well no we just we're going to put forward the things that we want to do and that make us happy if it's being outside we'll just make it happen um because that's so that that's really important to us and i think it also i I had i was while i was recovering i was blessed with not going to work and all the busyness of that and i had time to think Mm. and i had time to think okay well when i'm better like what sort of person do i want to be and um, what do I want to do so maybe I got to sort of rebirth myself in a way because you do easily get channeled into different I was a primary school teacher at that time the private school just starting out so I was putting a lot of my time into that and it was a good to take a step back and just you know think everything through again um, and I think now that we've we've got three lovely children we was trying to do the same thing. My husband was part time last year, and we said, "No, let's go on some holidays. Let's um, let's do it. You know, let's." You know, we went on the bushwalk. We took the kids overseas to Japan, and then um, we bought a van and went travelling for six weeks with them. And. We just didn't worry what everyone else thought because that's the sort of life that we wanted to live. And, yeah, we could have renovated our house or we could have done various other things. But I think for us that that was that was what we wanted to do and it was really important. Um, so maybe that's the thing I've taken from it. Um, one of my friends did say when I said we were going up, taking the kids overseas, she's like, oh, are you unwell again? Are you trying to do the trip before? <laughs> and I was like, well, I she guess maybe it seems ahead. like that. But, you know we could wait till the kids are yeah. all older but you know that you know no one knows I mean I'm probably in the same position as everybody else who don't know what's around the corner yeah um, but I think
0: that the difference is that not everyone has that awareness or that consciousness that life is such a precious thing you know and we get in our routines and we roll out of bed and we have our morning rituals and then we go to work and then we roll home and and a day can pass and unless you consciously choose to to make that day extraordinary and you can still have the same routine but it's like the attitude in which you approach that life Mm, mm. and the the, um the willingness to engage with people and the gratitude which you feel towards the day and the people in it and like unless you have that consciousness like yeah you can quite easily just
1: get on the rat the rat wheel yeah yeah and i think on that you know going back to what you're saying has it changed you i think and whether it's because I've got older, but I think I'm more, you know, I do feel like I'm more determined to, to be the person I want to be. You know, I feel a bit like you sort of become what you practice. So, mm-hmm. you know, now with being, a, busy with being a mum and, you know, it's easy to go, oh, you know, because I, I always love rock climbing and it's easy just to go, oh, no, I, you know, I don't have time to get that in this week or, oh, the kids are sick or I'm really tired or I've got this on and... But I think it's really important to try and make that time for things that you love. So I think I'm more determined now, whether it's been my experience of being sick or whether it's um, because I'm older and now i a mother and you try and make more of the little windows of time you get. But I think I'm more determined to try and do the things that, that I love doing and to be the person that I want to be um, rather than wishing that I was and maybe thinking it's not possible, finding a way so have you learned because it's one thing to kind of go okay now I feel like
0: I know what I want to do and I feel like that's important to me to fit that in but then it's another thing to be able to execute and mm-hmm. a lot of the time it's because we can get pulled left right and center and it's really hard to master the of saying no mm-hmm. and I mean I've been fortunate to work with you and so I hope this comes as a as praise not criticism um but I've picked up that you actually have worked out when to say no. And I really admire that. Like, I really admire that quality. So I'm kind of curious, is that like a consciousness to be like, where, where do I want to dedicate my precious time and energy to, to live the life I want to live? Um, or is it something that is sort of just unfolded as you've found your finding your
1: feet? <laughs> yeah. No pun intended. There. <laughs> um, Yeah, look, a bit of both, Um, a bit of maturing and a little bit of um, what I've been through. But yes, I've all, you know, and even being a mother, I think you very much have put everybody else first rather than yourself. Um, So I think that's something I've been working on is actually trying to not, take on way too much to the detriment of myself because I've realized and I think it takes a couple of years of um, parenting it's not something that you come naturally to but to actually think about yourself instead of always putting your children first or Mm -hmm. your relationship or work or various other things so I'm trying to I mean it's very hard to have a balance that is
0: important though isn't it and actually I was speaking about this yesterday I was actually podcasting Amy Nielsen who Um, people might have listened to her by the time we, we have this conversation out there, but, um, so she works for Medecins Sans Frontieres. So she, whilst she doesn't have children, she has children of the world. Um, and we were talking exactly about that, like about how important it is to look after number one, you know, because if you're trying to give this beautiful gift to someone and all they see is this person who doesn't look like they give self-compassion to themselves it doesn't matter how beautiful that gift is like they won't they won't notice that they won't be able to love that to its Mm -hmm. full potential and and i've someone taught me that at a time when i was actually just starting find your feet and doing these little adult running classes and i wasn't in a great headspace, and i wasn't at all good at self-compassion back then um i thought self-compassion was a recovery massage from training (laughs) (laughs) So, so i had a long way to go um and they, they actually took me aside and taught, taught me this lesson. And it's something I've carried in my heart so strongly. And I imagine that must be so true in parenting is that if you're wearing yourself down, like you mentioned it, like happy, happy parents are happy children. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Well, honey, that's something, last year, it was actually probably around the time that, just before the time that I came to work at Find Your Feet, because I was feeling really lost, um, just worn out. Um, Mm. and I think I had suffered a little bit of parenting burnout because I just put everybody else first, which is the natural thing that you start doing. Um, and I probably should have realized I should have been doing things for myself, but it takes a while to realize that. And so, um, yeah, I sat down with Anders and I was like, okay, we need to change something so that, you know, I can feel good because I can't look (coughs) up you know, you can't look after children if you're not, you know, feeling great or you're tired or. So, um, yeah, doing something for yourself and so coming to work at Find Your Feet was actually a really pivotal time because suddenly um, I was working with, you know, lots of lovely people that were doing things in the outdoors and I was at work doing something that was for myself and, yeah, so that was a big change. So it's something that I've recently been working on. Yeah, I Um, I think it's taken me a couple of years of being a parent to to do that and realise that, um, yeah, just there's always endless jobs and tasks to do yeah like most families have but at times you just have to um drop that and make time for yourself a little bit of time yeah yeah
0: and it's not like your lives are simple because anders works now um, as an anaesthetist i can never say that word it's
1: right i've only just learned how to spell it (laughs) okay
0: you're making me feel good so no one judge us please um but so he's working in that, he's working alongside um, neurosurgeons now, was mm. that a conscious choice or
1: did that random, was that? It, it kind of came a bit full circle after, so he, he now does work with the neurosurgeon that operated on me Okay. and a little bit came from, it, I think it came a little bit from the experience he went through with me. Um, and yeah, and so then, you know, my lovely surgeon, Andrew Hun, he offered Andrew a job and that was sort of the start of, of something. And now he works for the TAS Surface as, as part of his private work. And I think, yeah, it is a bit of a coming full circle because he, I think he's got a bit of a patient perspective to give mm. to other patients and families, you know, sometimes um it's spine surgery but sometimes it's a brain tumor and there, you know there have been stories of um, people with similar tumor to the one i had in a similar spot and you know i don't know whether sometimes he even says a lot he just understands and maybe he can yeah i think he feels like he's a better anaesthetist for the experience he's gone through so that's a that's a nice Oh, this is the funny way that the world works, isn't it? You can't yeah. kind of predict how how things are going to be. And I know I've read other things of people that have been unwell, and they're in some ways, they couldn't imagine this health thing ha- scare happened to them mm-hmm. because it's brought, it's opened the doors to so many other things in their life that they wouldn't have imagined would have happened. Yeah. Um, and especially
0: for someone like, I mean, you were young. Um, you've grown up in Tassie with this super healthy lifestyle, you were an elite rock climber, you won national titles in rock climbing. Like I guess it's just something that you don't it you don't expect it to happen and it's kinda of hard to understand it's gonna mm. happen to someone like yourself. Like for you to experience that but also, you know, for Anders as your husband and for your parents and like imagine it just like it's such a shock for everyone. Mm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it did it really comes out of the blue and I think know people say oh you must have spoken on your phone mobile phone too much (laughs) or
0: you know because they're now saying that's not
1: yeah but you know people try and you try you go through all those different stages of grieving and things and you try and find a reason um you know why did it happen to me was my life supposed to end at 27 you know what you know what you know gosh if this had happened 20 years ago you know the type of surgery wouldn't have been available that it is now Mm. the treatment you know I don't know if there's any rhyme and reason to these things. And I have realised that, and, you know, I do have dear and close friends and family that have suffered from cancer or are suffering, or, and it doesn't seem to strike people necessarily because mm. they've lived an unhealthy lifestyle. But definitely, obviously, choosing to be healthy and do things that keep you well, you know, going to help try and prevent those things. But that was hard to come to terms with, because I'd always felt that my health was something I'd really worked on. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, someone told me <laughs> something was growing in my head, and I was like, well, how did that get there? But, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, having to then re-identify as being, I have a brain tumour, I'm a brain tumor patient or survivor yeah that was a hard identity to um to take on so but in some ways um you know we then you know only it's like six months later we miraculously fell pregnant with our first daughter which threw another (laughs) spanner in the works I guess for the medical team but you know we were all very you know we were really it was the best thing that happened to us because suddenly life wasn't about me anymore all was (laughs) it was about me but it was about this new life that then Anders and I were sort of loving. And obviously there were feelings of guilt as like, well, what if then, the, then our child was a, a girl, like, what if Lottie had a brain tumour? Or what if yeah. I die when she's only six months old? Yeah. Or what if I get sick again? You yeah. know, and- um, so many huge questions. So there were lots of questions. Um, but, you know, I think in some ways it, we always wanted to have children. The, when we found out I had the brain tumour, I think one of the first things that came to mind was like, I'm never going to be able to have children yeah (laughs) because I think for us that was something we always wanted to do and I know that that's not you never know if you're going to be able to you know yeah but um so we were yeah we felt really blessed that we could and suddenly we were loving Lottie and that became a focus so all of a sudden I wasn't thinking about my own illness so much so I think that helped I think that helped through the recovery Yeah. yeah But then you,
0: like what you were saying before about like getting towards later last year and going, almost coming up for air a little bit and being, mm-hmm. hmm, you know, I need to really do some stuff for me now. Mm-hmm. I guess like there's two sides to to that recovery process, isn't there? Like you can feel like you're moving on because life keeps happening. But my experience with the setbacks and trials and tribulations that I experienced in my young life was that. I did I have reached a point and actually a similar point an age to you where you're suddenly like is this is this everything I'm meant to be doing in life <laughs> and and yes. why I asked or mentioned Anders before is like so he's obviously been very successful in his own career and he um and he is such a loving person when you meet him but I has it been hard for you because I mean you've got you did exceptionally well in uni with your honours. You've been a teacher, you know, you're incredibly (laughs) intelligent. You can write like no one I've ever read before. So has it been like a slow, yeah, a slow boil of like what's going to happen next? Like what do I do with all my skills and this newfound knowledge and this newfound strength and
1: understanding of Kate? (laughs) Yeah, I think so. And I think, I think the bushwalk was the beginning of like that bubble coming out. There'd been the illness and the intensity of that. There'd been the, you know, busyness and joy and intensity of having children. And they're all very close together. And then, you know, realising that I'm well, you know, I'm I'm getting well again. And then all of a sudden this feeling of what now, you know, Mm -hmm. who am I, you know, out of all of this, I'd lost track of who I used to be before all of it and I think you know all, it, it doesn't matter what you've been through I think people do all get to this sort of stage at some point yeah. in their life. So I think yes the walk was like all of a sudden it all kind of came out and it was actually standing looking at Frenchman's cap <laughs> on the walk. Um, you know standing there looking at it and all of a sudden this all you know these thoughts and feelings came out. Um, and then it has just been this little journey, you know, I did the writing and then it's trying to think about where my life is going Mm. and what's coming next. And I'm hoping that writing might be part of it. Um, but I definitely know that love is a really important thing and being outdoors, I think that, that, you know, that makes our life happy and it doesn't have to be walking to a Frenchman's cap or, you know, climbing some difficult thing or, you know, anything (coughs) like that, just being outside, even just going for a 20 minute walk. Um,
0: yeah. I, I know that you don't, you don't plan life sitting in a room with a pen and a paper. I think you plan life when you're outside and you're, your rawest, truest self (laughs) and you plan life like by doing and feeling. And, And that's, that's what I've come to reconcile. I feel like writing is just the outcome of that process but it's not the process in itself if that makes mm. sense that's that's what i've come to um to feel and i think it was hemingway who wrote um write hard and clear about what hurts and i because like i feel like life is just a series of like highs and lows <laughs> highs and lows and a little bit in the middle but often like we do go from like big joy to feeling challenged and it can be like a little challenge, but it's still a challenge and sometimes it still hurts. Mm. (laughs) And even Mm. just when we're having a cup of tea in the kitchen beforehand and you know, little knocks of life, like they're not easy, you know, they might even be little, they're not all like brain tumors, but the the little things can be just as challenging. That's right. yeah, Yeah. And so he's big on like right hard, right clear about what hurts. Um, and then it was actually Amy yesterday who had a quote in her writing. Mm-hmm. Um, you'd love her, by the way. Um, and she wrote, "If you don't let pain transform you, you will transmit it." And I really, mm. like, I really love that because I feel like that's kind of what we've been talking about in your story as well. Mm. And um, and so she obviously was talking about it coming from like what she's seen in places like Sierra Leone and South Sudan and huge. Um, huge challenges that she's faced in her working career but then so she she was talking about how like you have to you have to like learn to kind of accept that pain and transform it and use it in a positive light because otherwise you bring it home in her situation and Mm. you're going to transmit it to everyone around you and in fairness to them like you can't live a life like that and even like going into your hermit shell which is sometimes what I do is transmitting it because people can see you're in your hermit shell Mm, mm. and they just want to reach out and help you and you're in your hermit shell and so yeah so like I mean I I don't know what the question is in this but like how how does that sit with you that comment
1: I love it yeah no that that resonates with me um and I think that's what the writing is doing for me because it's taken me till you know five or six years to suddenly be able to go back and think about all that pain and all mm. of those things that we went to together. It was easier just to not think about it. I'm, I've done photo albums, or little photo albums, I'm a few years behind now, but I just <laughs> missed out 2013. I, I didn't want to look at any of the photos and I wasn't ready so. I think the writing is a little avenue for me into that pain. And a lot of what I did when I was unwell, I had a lot of humour. I think that was a way of dealing with it at the time. But I think now I'm ready to take it seriously. Yeah. Um, Because I just sort of laugh things off at the time because I think that's often how a lot of people cope too. Yeah. Um, So I think the writing, yeah, is going to help me with the pain and then hopefully... I won't get in my little hermit shell which you know i do at times but um yeah hopefully that would be a little avenue for me oh and maybe so i excited. might maybe there might be someone else out there that might read it or there might not be but um if anything even if someone doesn't read your writing as you said it's i think it will transform me because i'll think about it
0: well differently. yeah and it's just something that is there forever when you write you know mm-hmm. um and i feel like it's a, like you say it's a stepping stone i just don't think I've kind of like i used to be one of those people that tried to plan my life i thought i had my life totally down packed i mean i was dead set i was going to become a doctor and i was going to be i wanted to go to the ais as an athlete um and i wanted to go to the olympic games as an olympian and i mean i didn't get to any three of them like I, I feel like life is just this thing that you can have as planned as you like but you're going to get blown off course if you try to plan the whole mm. the whole bloody life out Um, and so I feel like it's about, it's not so much about the what, and this is sort of where I've came, came to with wanting to do the podcast is it's about the why and the how. And I feel like the first step is what I call the be wild stage. And that's like be wilder is about learning who honey is or who Kate is when you take away your story and you take away the labels that we put on ourselves. And you mentioned like, it was hard for you to come to terms with like Kate, you know, who's a patient when you've been Kate, who was an elite climber or mm. an outdoor chick, you know, whatever labels you had for yourself. And so for me, it was like, well, if I'm not a runner or I'm not like, I often mm. you know, was touted in the media, like a tree hugger or a world champion or whatever. Like, um, so if I'm not that, then who am I? Mm. And what I kind of realized is like, you are the summation of your values and values to me were such an airy fairy thing until I really sat down and thought about them. And I was like, values are so important. They're like, you know, your, your stars that you, um, that hold you strong. And then I kind of feel like it's the summation of your choices. Mm. (laughs) And that's what we were talking to about. Like, how do you say no to the things that you're not, you're not meant to do. Um, but I feel like I'm the summation of my daily actions, the daily choices I make. And you were saying how, you know, you ride your e-bike pretty much everywhere with your kids and, <laughs> you know, you're quite the sight with three little children in tow. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you don't yeah. buy tea bags for all the reasons that you don't buy tea bags. And, you know, so like, what are some of the conscious choices that you're making in your life? Like... I just, I see so many, you know, even your gift at Christmas of like a bunch of rhubarb (laughs) with ribbon around it. I mean, like
1: how, how awesome is that? Uh, (laughs) Well, I guess it comes down to the things that, yeah, the things that Anders and I love as a family and, and we love being outside. We love gardening. We love, yeah, so we love nature. We love our kids being happy and generally that means spending a lot of time with them. Um, letting them be free and be children and taking them on experiences um, so we love doing things like that and I think finding ways so it would be easy to drive the car but we love being outdoors and doing exercise so we have an electric bike we can take the kids and we're still doing everything we want to while also thinking about the planet a little bit which is important to us um, but I'm trying to think off the top of my head but yeah, he's coming to it right
0: now. <laughs> no, but no, I,
1: yeah, and that—that's what I thought you. Were. Yeah. yeah, I think the other thing I that. that I was thinking, um, and through this whole journey that that we've been through, and I think Anders has been really important person in in helping me see this and use this as sort of being this sort of positivity kind of thinking, and he, you know, while he's has, he's has been amazing, he was sort of just been there the whole time, no matter what was happening to me. But he was always just, you can do it, you'll be fine, you'll be right. So, you know, when I couldn't walk and yeah, he'd be holding on to me and he'd just leave me on the side of the road and cross the road and I'd be there going, Help you I need to hold on to you so I can cross the road. He'd be like, You'll be okay, you can do it <laughs> and, you, and you know, sometimes I would have to crawl inside from outside because he'd just leave me out there, <laughs> you know. Because it's like, you'll be okay, so I'd just crawl inside and I think he was always very you know, positive that I could do it and I think instilling a bit of confidence in me. And so I think um, I try and I've tried to harness that a little bit and tried to be, tried to think, you know, because I think that, I think being positive actually really does help with healing. It's easy to think I can't do it and I I know there are definitely times when you you, you physically can't do it but um, and even with getting outdoors with your children, it's easy to think of, the huge list of no's um and yeah a a little bit of confidence you can actually still do a lot of things that you love with children yes it might be a little bit different to how it was before but I think that's a that that's a little bit behind why we're doing things that we're not doing because we want people to say oh look they are bushwalking with their baby I think it was very much a, a personal choice um yeah and maybe a strange one because we have actually taken all our other children on little bushwalks. I did notice that <laughs> all of them at
0: about the same age get their own, like individual little experience. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and sort of became that. a bit of a theme. Yeah, because um, there is this little window of time where you can easily carry them along. Um, yeah, so that's been a bit of a fun journey <laughs> taking them all on their own little bushwalk. But anyway, yeah. But you
0: also said in your. Um, in your little like email to me beforehand is that it was really important for you to just let the children be like Mm. to explore and be curious about the world and not need to be entertained so i heard you say before like you want to spend as much time with them as you can but it's also important to allow children to be i mean i get that there are other parents out there that are doing that but but it is a fairly unique approach
1: I guess we're still finding our feet as being parents and I guess you kind of take little bits of, you see what other parents are doing, you read books, you, you obviously do a lot of what your parents probably did. But I think, um, and maybe you want them to have a childhood like yours or to, you know, have the things that maybe you didn't have. But we definitely have noticed that our children are so much better when they're outside in nature. Um, and there's a you know, creativity comes, they um, it's just amazing what happens when you take them outside and they start making cubbies with sticks and they play well together and um, but I think yeah, so we yeah, we're still working out our approach to parenting, but we very much want our children to have a childhood where they're not being driven to activities all the time. And that will come, we're going to start started school, so we're going to have all those sorts of things. And that, as wonderful all those are, we also don't want our children to the to grow up too fast. Mm. We want them to have that childhood, um, making cupboards in trees and playing outside with mud and drawing outside with chalk or you know whatever it, whatever it comes. And I think that was one of the reasons why we wanted to take them overseas at a young age. We wanted them to experience a little bit of the wider world mm. um you know open their eyes up and and build a little bit of resilience so going on this trip overseas with the three kids then um you know two months later we went all in this tiny van traveling I for six weeks <laughs> and i think if we hadn't all slept in one bed in various places in japan together for two weeks maybe the thought of going traveling in a van might have been um or a little bit too much and this wasn't a big van this was like no. a little van <laughs> for anyone listening was, yeah. yeah but it did feel pretty big yeah, yeah. i think that they i think that the, the trip sort of built on on one another but that was another like there'd be so many reasons that we would think this is just not going to work and not possible. But um, but we just gave it a shot and you couldn't actually plan it. So we had no idea how on earth we were going to get all three of them to sleep in the van, yeah. but it just sort of unfolded. And, um, yeah, I mean, the kids were pretty grotty and <laughs> covered in mud most of the time, but we all had a great time. Um, so a bit like the bushwalk, just sort of giving ourselves the confidence to just let things go and just and and just experience life yeah uh-huh. so i don't know if we really have a, a theory or anything that we're following but we just we don't want to try and take the road that's easiest where you know um it might be easy to get a new car but it's more fun to get on the e-bike and ride together yeah and so i guess that is the playfulness thing coming out then you know Mum and dad get to have a bit of fun while riding the kids to school because you're on the e-bikes
0: so. yeah anyway. <laughs> i love that but but it, to me, it even if it's not been a conscious choice, to me it sounds like two people who know what it means to love one another and then it's two people, though, who have gone on a journey that have uh, has allowed them and is allowing them to explore their be wild state. So who is mm-hmm. Kate and who is Anders and then who are they together? And what do we love like you've consciously thought about what is it that we need to have in our lives so that we make sure we're playing wilder and because of that you're able to now be exploring well now what do i do with all this and that Mm. to me is like the perform world Mm -hmm. so like i love like even though it hasn't been a conscious process for you all the time like it's been a journey that's allowing you to kind of go down that pathway Mm. because for me i kind of feel like if we kind of i don't know maybe i'm wistfully thinking and too spiritual in it but like i kind of really believe that that process of finding our feet is the outcome of those three and to be honest in that order is what Mm. i believe Um, and it's just i think you can still have (coughs) fleeting glimpses of like being your best version of yourself and performing wilder but it's only a sustainable way of life i think if you kind of are doing what
1: you're meant to do and you're loving it as Mm. you do it Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh yeah, no, that's yeah. I I like I I do like your your way of thinking <laughs> about it and it does make a lot of sense. Yeah. And I think yeah. it's just it's really only been in recent times that I have felt I've had time to just take stock of where I am. And yeah. I think I'm now feeling I'm on the cusp of 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 opening up that's and working ability. out where life is taking me. And that maybe that's a realization that comes as you get older as well. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. You know, I I think previously I was upset that Kate with the brain tumour, like that I didn't want that part of my life. And now I think I've accepted it. And I think regardless of what happens, I'm okay with it. And it's part of me and it's actually made me a better person. You know, I I actually feel in some ways proud of going that Anna's and I've made it through through all of that um and and then you know and then we've had children and we've you know we've survived (laughs) the busyness of that up to you know. So I'm sure it's going to i busy. <laughs> still, still going to be busy. Yeah. yeah. Luckily, yeah. you're
0: touching. What does he say? That? <laughs> you come home, and the kids are becoming pain, and they will be ratty and dad. And,
1: yeah. But like, yeah. what
0: is it? If pain doesn't transform you, you'll transmit it, and that's. That's,
1: that's right. That way, I, I think that's. Saying. Yeah. I yeah. like, really like that. I really like that. I quote. really love that yeah. quote. Um, mm-hmm. Cool.
0: But well, I mean, I don't want to take up a huge amount of your time. I feel like today is just. um just an interesting discussion in like almost being forced into an approach <laughs> um, and just from someone who just you know I really admire because you were a, you were a, such an amazing athlete I remember that so clearly about working with you and you were very driven in that climbing world mm. yeah but yeah, yeah. yeah but you didn't step out of that because of this extraordinary event that came out of nowhere in 2012 like this mm you actually stepped out of that world more consciously before that realizing that competition
1: wasn't where you needed to be you actually Mm. just needed to be out playing wild yeah i think that that and because i you know like you i've and like everyone you think back and you think well would i have done things differently yeah all those years ago and i think you know there are definitely pangs of like oh you know should i have continued on with that competitive climbing, that, you know, really driven focus that I had because I really loved it and, I, you know, of course there is a, a great feeling of satisfaction when you achieve things, but I think the constant pressure of people wanting you to achieve and then I thought, well, you know, what am I doing it for, you know, and I think then, you know, I'd go away and do an adventurous day doing something with friends in a great spot and I thought well, that's actually what I really love about it. So i think i kind of branched away from that but i still kept all my friendships and did the climbing and whatever but i, I you i know, wasn't driven by the the ticking the numbers like i wasn't going to spend six months trying to climb this one climb i think and then there are times i think oh you know maybe you know why did i make that decision everyone has those choices at times but um yeah i think it made me think about what what i actually really loved at the time and then now, when I want to come back to climbing, it's the being with the people it's the being outdoors, and it's the you know I guess you love them you probably love the movement of the running for me it's when you're in that zone and you're moving and you can't think about anything else but you're on the rock and the next hold, and then you get to the belay spot and you chat with your friend and you're looking out over the mountain vista that's it that's the that's the and yeah. it's not necessarily what you're climbing it's just what you're doing yeah. So. Yeah. that's
0: pretty yeah you're right and that's where I've got to too I think I mean every now and then I get what you're talking about like pangs of have I made the right choice here you know and for me that's also being about moving away from a competitive lifestyle and a lifestyle that's always driven by the what next and how far can I take this to, but to being about like where can this take me for me that's that's the question. And Mm -hmm. it's take me as a person, but it's take me into these landscapes. And we were talking about some of the silly adventures (laughs) (laughs) that I've been on recently as well. Yeah. Yeah. um, I love that. And so my, my final thing, I guess like as someone who doesn't have kids, so I find this conversation super interesting um, and really helpful, Um, (laughs) (laughs) but I guess like, I just want to know a lot of people, even when they ask us, like, oh, are you going to have children? i are like, well, I don't really know yet. And um, their next comment is always like, oh, it'll totally, like, it'll totally change your life. Like, you will certainly not be able to live the lifestyle that you live now. And, um, I mean, that's like just turning out the lights. <laughs> on having, like, what do you believe about that now?
1: Like, oh, what's your advice to parents and new parents? Well, it is definitely changes your life. I mean, it can't not. Mm. it definitely does and I think you can't even imagine how it's going to change your life until it actually happens and like we were talking about things before you look back on your life you think oh should I've done you know what would life be like if I didn't I mean as as new parents you know we're still relatively new in the parenting game you know you often have moments of like my goodness this is hard and look at all my friends over there without kids and they're off doing all the things that they love and there are definitely I mean you can't do everything in life and so you know we made the decision to have children and you know our children give us so much love and when we even spend half a day away from them we want to get back but there are definitely moments when we miss doing the other things but I think that is one of the things that drives Anders and I because now we know how much those things make us happy so we're not going to be unhappy and be like, oh, well, you know, there goes bushwalking until the kids are like twelve and we can ship them off for a whole week, you know, <laughs> you know, there goes that lifestyle, you know, you can't do. it. So we're just finding ways to do it, and that means um, instead of going for a bike ride by ourselves, we might go for a bike ride as a family, or we might, yeah, like the bushwalk, but we just take the baby because we can't leave the baby behind. We'll just take the baby with us. Um, so. Yeah, I think if you've got a bit of courage, uh, if you're creative, and um, yeah, maybe you've got a little bit of you're driven or you know you, you, a little bit of positivity, I think you can still have a lifestyle you want to. Yes, it will be different. Yes, you'll be tired, <laughs> um, but I think you probably can fit in all the things that you really love if you know what they are and you and you put them before other things. Try. Yeah. yeah. So that's what we're trying to do, and we don't always achieve that um but i think now i think about what i'm doing and i think i don't think there's anything that i would do different right now i think we are getting all the little bits of things that we want um and hopefully hopefully that continues and hopefully our children appreciate that and can live a life in the oh God, in the I'm same sure way. So. Hopefully, yeah. they'll take us on a bushwalk in Carry out. I'm hoping you know when we'll the grey and old. Yeah, when you know our knees don't work mm-hmm. and get sore, and we're taking anti inflammatories. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah.
0: Justin Jones. In conclusion, but Ju- Justin Jones. Um, so Jonesy, he's called, is a North Face athlete, sponsored athlete, and he's one of these guys that we in his words like sits on the couch till he has a great idea and then off he'll go and and prepare for it but but his great ideas are like things like paddling across the Tasman ocean um <laughs> trekking to the south pole and back <laughs> and more easily, um he so they his wife partner fell pregnant lauren and he for him it was this moment where he had to stop and go golly gosh you know i've always like painted myself as this explorer. That's how I see myself. Like, what do I do now? They, like, and so when you said, well, we want to go bush while well, him, we, well, we've got a baby. That oh, we'll just take the baby. Like for him, it was like, well, I'll take Lauren and the baby. And it doesn't matter if Lauren's <laughs> never slept in a tent and never slept in a sleeping bag. We'll do it anyway. And so they set off from Alice Springs and walked to Adelaide. Wow. Yeah. And so her job was to carry the baby <laughs> and his job was to hold the the cart that they had. They had all of their provisions for the entire time. Um, wow! They slept out. Every, I think every night, bar like a couple of nights where they think they got stranded in a town for some. I think weather or some, there was some some reason they got stranded in a hotel room. I think, but but the rest of the time they were outside. And I think it took them over six months. And um, and to me, like when I, I spoke to them on the podcast about six months ago, it, it was really inspiring and it, it really resonates and I bring it up because you might, you might also like to reach out to them because they're, um, they're actually documenting as well, like their mm-hmm. journeys together. Mm-hmm. And, um, he's going through that, that experience of like, well, who am I now and, and what do I do now that I'm a dad? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I'm also me and I have this wild street to me. Um, and Lauren has just embraced this lifestyle, and she was like this really high up professional in like I think it was digital marketing. I think I seem to remember mm-hmm. it
1: was
0: some something like that. And um, yeah, she's now a part of this
1: life as well, and
0: it's very cool. It's very, very inspiring. inspiring. Yeah, it's
1: <laughs> fine. And I think there's stories like that that make you realise that you can do. I mean, the world is your oyster, and I think that's that resonates for everyone. I mean, yeah. it is. You, if you want to do it. You can make it happen. Yeah. And I think that's something we tell our kids at school. When they're, You know, I remember being told that in primary school. You know, as you get older, you're kind of narrowing what you think you can do and what's possible. And, you know, you have certain events that happen to you and you think, oh, I'm never doing that again or that I can't do that. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I think, you, yeah, you don't have to live your life like everybody else is. Yeah. You don't have to follow the parenting books. You don't have to, um, yeah, be what other people want you to be. But yes, the first step, as you said, Hanny, is working out who you are and what's important. And once you know that, then you just have to have the courage to to, to have to, a to, to have a go. And yeah, that story, yes, yeah. it's really hard. <laughs> so yeah. good. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you, Hanny.
0: Such a cool conversation, <laughs> and um, I really look forward to the next episode <laughs> in the writing. <laughs>